All right, welcome everybody. We are doing a takeover episode, Woo. a combination episode. This is the combo plate. This <laughs> is the chow mein and fried rice <laughs> in your combo plate today for our podcast episode. The Anxiety Sucks Girls are here. Uh, Maddie hey. and Brianne. Hello. They actually should be talking too. I mean, this is like going to be both of our episodes, <laughs> yeah. so... I don't know how much I could say, but they're amazing. They've been doing uh, this for a while, and it's an honor. We just kind of were talking earlier in December about why don't we get together and and do an episode? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm Let's so excited. We've be been here. talking about this for so long. Yeah, and now it's here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we're and it's such a great time because we're talking about the the new year. You know, by the time this comes out, it will be 2024. Right now, it's still 2023, and there's a lot of things to talk about. I think uh, one of the things that um, comes with the new year is just so much, uh, there's hope. There's Definitely. Like aspirations. Yeah. But there's sure. also sometimes despair. There's also sometimes anxiety. There's also sometimes things that kind of come go along with that. So anyways, we just want to kind of like, talk about all that uh, my name is ed yeah. portillo i'm the host of uh it's okay to feel and uh, manager of the programs here at nami orange county so it's an honor to be here and be part of the show yeah yeah thanks, thanks for, for having, having us <laughs> jinx. jinx i um i really like this time of year at least it's kind of a weird combination between like i have a little bit of like you said like almost um this bear in the sense that I'm kind of like it's that weird in between moment where you're not doing much because it's like the holidays and you know you're surrounded by family but also like when Christmas is over or when I, whatever holiday you celebrate is over sometimes the day after you're just like okay well now what you know mm -hmm. um, so like true. I always get that feeling but at the same time I do feel a lot of hope for the new year I'm excited to like make some life choices my mom has um, an autoimmune disorder called Graves disease and mm. um, it really affects your nervous system and she has been doing a lot of research on how your diet can affect your symptoms and so we were me and her were thinking about maybe like going gluten-free for the new year um, or just trying to eat better in general like eating out less and um and then, you know, you also save money that way. But more importantly, it's kind of to like, if I'm there to do it with her, then it'll hopefully motivate her. And maybe some of her symptoms will go away because we've heard mm. some success stories about it. So that's yeah. like one of my little New Year's resolutions that I'm kind of excited for. But that's yeah. so nice. That's I'm really also cool. kind of in the same same situation as you, Maddie. Um, I've been having just like, I don't know, a lot of stomach problems at the moment. So I'm also yeah. in the middle of like going around. To, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, trying to figure out a new diet that doesn't always give me stomach aches after I eat. So kind of eating healthier is definitely one of mine. Um, I've kind of already started doing it, but it's definitely like a priority for the new year to do that um, and find, I don't know. I think I just need to get into cooking because it's hard yeah. to find things like eating out and stuff um all the time that you know doesn't have one thing that you can't eat or something like that so I think cooking and like a better diet for me is also a new year's resolution yeah yeah I I think this same similar um 
issue. I, I recently, um, actually I have a, a, an issue with my kidney. I have a kidney disease and, right. um, there was, I have a donated kidney from, from my aunt. There's a whole story or whole episode that you can listen to in uh, a couple episodes ago that we did on it's okay to feel about uh, kidney transplants and all that. And we were going through this uh, time where we needed to like really help my kidney health. And my wife and I like super just like cut out salt. We like mm. cut out, like I cut out like fast food. Like I, like it was really desperate. Like we just mm. were like, really i wasn't eating that much i lost like a ton of weight and it really shaped my perspective like of what i don't need <laughs> yeah you know like like it, it like i i i don't i thankfully haven't like got back to the weight that i was back mm -hmm. then um and i've been, been able to maintain it um that doesn't mean i haven't gone in and out or haven't still gone to fast food now but right. like just doing that like huge I wouldn't even call it a cleanse. It was just like a real like cold turkey mm -hmm. type of like changing of the diet really like, and, and it's a mental thing too. Cause it was like, I can't, right. I can do it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, an important thing is that you get so overwhelmed um, because it's like, I can't eat this. I can't do this. I can't, you know? Yeah. And then when you get over that um, that's when sometimes a breakthrough happens. Yeah. That's so Did true. You? I, I, like as I've been cutting out a lot of things in my diet, I have realized that I I just stop craving it after a while, and yeah. I just stop needing it or wanting it. That um, and I have a huge sweet tooth. That is like my biggest my guilty pleasure is my sweet tooth. Um, but doing all of this and trying to eat better, it has definitely shown me it's not that hard once you just kind of commit to it, and. And then, yeah, you don't really want it after a while. Like, I haven't really craved anything that I've been, you know, like, I, I used to love ice cream. I can't really eat ice cream anymore. Um, Now I don't really crave it. Like, I never really want ice cream because I know it's going to hurt my stomach anyways. And it's just like, eh, it's just going to make me feel worse. So yeah. I don't. Yeah. So it is like a mental thing. Once you get over it, it's really not that hard to cut out things anymore. I think like two years ago which sounds crazy because it does not feel like that long ago, but it had to have been. I decided that I was going to stop drinking soda because I was basically having like three or four sodas a day, which is definitely not good. And uh, I stopped drinking soda and I noticed myself, I, it was so, like, I noticed the sugar addiction so clearly. I was like, wow, like I'm not drinking soda. I'm not craving it anymore. This is so amazing. And then like, six or eight months passed of me not drinking soda and one day literally one day I was like I'm just gonna like have a soda like whatever mm -hmm. and from that point on I, I'm still drinking soda <laughs> <laughs> you slid back you slid back yeah so there were six months where I could say yeah, yeah I stopped. <laughs> my mom my mom used to drink soda all the time um diet coke was her favorite soda ever and then she kind of switched over to iced tea and strictly was only drinking iced tea and then after I don't know, like about a year she never wanted soda ever again and then when she like had when she like did try one more soda after I don't having it in a while it like grossed her out too much so now she like never drinks it and she'll never want it anymore so maybe you should like give it a little more time <laughs> yeah but I understand I mean you know going through like the kidney disease like 
soda. I mean, it felt like I was like saying when I had to like cut out like soda, I was like, man, you're like talking to me, telling me like to stop talking to my brother. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like my friend. Coke is my yeah. friend. What are you talking about? We're like buddies. So true. Literally like, well, you got to limit your salt too. And I'm like, salt, what are you talking about? Like, that's, oh, like that's how do you live? Yeah. <laughs> It is so so overwhelming what you were saying. It's so overwhelming when you're like, you can't have this and this and this and this and this. You're like, what what can I eat? What can I eat? Well, and that's a good point because you know, one of the one of the things I always try to, to say when I think about things like this, and even this applies to like school, like when I was in grad school and even in, in uh uh college, is to like really focus on what you can do. Yeah, because if you go in there going like I'm gonna lose 35 pounds in like three mm -hmm. weeks and it's gonna be a cleanse and da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and it's like well if you set yourselves up so high, you know it's and if you don't start meeting it you're gonna be like ah oh, I can't even do it ah yeah yeah you know so true yeah uh, yeah and it's the same thing like with with like doing schoolwork it's like okay I gotta write this paper but do I have to write it all right now yeah yep. just write <laughs> this little bit right now and then this yeah. little bit you know. Yeah, that is so true. And actually, that's funny that you bring that up because that's one of the things that I noticed like my going into my junior year of college was that if I sit down to write a paper and I take these like 30 minute to hour breaks in between like me writing it. So like it might take all day for me to write it, but I'm taking these breaks in between. It's so much easier for me to write yeah. it. And I feel like I such a better product happens because i'm like i'm giving my brain a break to say like oh hey you can chill for a second and you can like regain your thoughts and you can go back yeah. to it later you know i had right. a professor who would he would this was for my like senior thesis class and we were always just like we don't want to write it we don't want to write it because it's just such a it was such a daunting project to take on and what he would always say is that you should set a timer for 10 minutes and just work really hard for 10 minutes and then give yourself like a two minute break. And then the next time you do it, do it for 15 minutes and then give yourself like a three minute break. And then you keep going. But then as like, once you hit the 10 minutes or once you hit the 15 minutes, once you're like in it, you're like, you don't want to stop. So it kind of tricks yeah. your brain into like working for longer, even though you've, you're only setting yourself like, Oh, you can only do it for this amount of time, you know? So that was always super helpful, but yet yeah, it's just like the overwhelmingness is hard to get over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great life hack. Yeah. I, I I friend... have... Go, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Maddie. I just have a question for you. When you had that, you were on that diet and I know you're still like kind of on it now. Yes. I mean, like... a lot of the things I'm still doing like, it's, yeah. right. Do you notice a significant mental diff? Like, do you find having more clarity or more yeah I guess clarity would be the word I think again it's clarity that it's possible you get so used to you don't know that you have bad habits you know it's so funny because you because I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent of two kids uh young kids now and and like you you don't realize like how much your the the, the habits that you're giving to your young kids you know that's what's going to last long so if they don't value eating good then they're not gonna you know if you don't value it when they're growing up they're not gonna value it when they get older you know and so like oh so true the habits that i had i didn't and really you understand. just totally called out both my parents right now <laughs> so hard <laughs> i'm calling out my parents too <laughs> mine too 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, not that that it was they were like total, you know, slobs and didn't eat no, but bad things all the time. But like, yeah, I mean, it was like my parents would go to like, okay, you want Wendy's? Okay, we'll go to Wendy's. Oh, you want In and Out? Okay, we'll go to In and Out. And we would go to these two different drive-throughs to to appease my brother and I. We don't do that. We we never do that. Uh, my my family. But um, <laughs> all that to say is that like you come to a a, a place. You know, some people come to it like with me where it's like a, a disease that happens or, or a chronic illness that you have. And then sometimes people get it and, you know, they come to a, a realization just because of like a health checkup. So I think the, 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 the mental health thing that changed was the, was knowing that it was possible. And that, that's, yeah. that's yeah. what really was like, opened the door for me. Yeah. That's very me. encouraging to know too, that, well, yeah. You know, especially because I'm about to embark on a gluten-free diet, which is kind of, I mean, that, and well, my mom, our original plan was that we were actually going to go full keto, oh, uh, which is like really intense. But the reason why is because we have a friend who also has Graves disease and she went keto and she lost all of her symptoms. So that's where we're like, okay, maybe we'll go full keto, but like how we've been talking about kind of working your way towards it maybe maybe we'll start out gluten-free and then gradually start dropping other things mm -hmm. but um yeah that's cutting out literally all bread and I know they have options now but still it's like it's very daunting to say like okay like you can't just like order a pizza from Domino's anymore you know right yeah yeah, yeah. my when I was at the doctor recently <laughs> she was like do you do you eat gluten? And I was like, yes. And she was like, hmm, it might be time. And I was like, no, don't say it. Don't say yep. it. Mm -hmm. I was like, please, no, I need my gluten. Yeah. Yeah. When I first was in the doc, I, I was, it happened in Northern California and the doctor was sitting me down when all, everything down, when my kid, when everything went down with my kidney. And he's like, Edward, uh, I was like, this is unreasonable. Like you're asking me to do this. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I can't like, I can't even live. You tell me not to drink because you can't even drink a certain amount of water mm. when you have what? You know, kidney disease. Yeah, you, oh you, it's goodness. very strict. I was like, I can't even live. And he's like, Edward, I'm just asking you to eat like a normal person. <laughs> and like, I was like, what are you talking about, normal person? I'm a, I'm a normal person. I'm, but it actually didn't even click. That conversation didn't even click until I did this huge like mm -hmm. cut of everything where I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, there is there is a point where you kind of you don't again you don't realize what you don't know you don't know that you have these yeah. bad habits and these things that you're doing that actually like are counterintuitive to your growth and to your ability right. to like thrive. So yeah. um, now I understand that, and that, I think that that is is so important. Sometimes you get in these conversations where you don't maybe not don't understand exactly what that you know what that little nugget of information is and then it comes to like pass a couple years later or something happened you know that's kind of cool too yeah yeah for sure for sure for sure another um resolution that i have for the new year is like to have some sort of kind of a better plan of where my life is gonna go by like the middle of the year um because i feel like since being out of school I've kind of just like dilly dallied around and just I'm like yeah I don't know what to do you know and I'm like living in my mom's house and she's like maybe it's time for you to move out soon and kind of just like leave the nest so like one of my resolutions is try to like kind of come up with a concrete plan of not that it needs to be exactly how I 
do it, but just some sort of idea of where I can like start going off into my life in a way. That's like one of my resolutions. Yeah. When I was talking about that feeling of despair earlier, that was part of it. It's like, I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. I'm also living with my mom. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, like- I didn't. <laughs> I didn't stop living with my mom until I I, I got married. <laughs> that makes me there feel better. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Yeah. And, and oh. I got married in my uh my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. Yeah. That's my my what be happened. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Man, I I that kind of reminds me of um I had this interesting ex- experience. I was working at the Apple Store. And this guy was uh, older gentleman was uh, looking at I- iPads or iPhones or iPods, whatever. And, and he's like, um, I need to buy something for a grandchild that is uh, has everything. And I'm like, well, we got iPads, we got iPods, we got I started giving the whole spiel. And um, he's like, how old are you? And I was like, I was like 20, 25 at the time. He's like, I was like 25. And he goes, oh, you married? And I said, no. He goes, you think about getting married? I was like, maybe, yeah. And he's like, 27. I said, huh? 27. 27 is the optimal age to get married. Studies show that 27, you're ready. Uh, you have a job. You've already graduated college. You're at a, you're at a maturity level where you're ready to get uh, married. So probably 27. And I was like, okay. How do you know so much about dating and relationships and he goes well my father my son-in-law and i started this website called eharmony.com oh. <laughs> what and i was oh, like you talk to bill clark warren he's like yes how do you know my name and i'm like whoa you're the commercial <laughs> oh my god that's so wild yeah oh my god so that's that, life no wonder the grandson from... has everything right yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so that's totally. The, that's the fun part. That's the eight twenty-seven, I guess. All right. So the rule is now twenty-seven for me. <laughs> okay, that is I have so until funny. then. Except, can I say that I know a twenty-seven-year-old who is definitely not ready for marriage? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just twenty-seven or twenty-eight is like that because I I know for me like that was a lot more of like because I I was I was very big on like mentors like who's gonna like mentor me or pour into me when mm-hmm. I'm like older and like i need to get like career advice and all these different things then then it got to the point where i was at where i was at like 26 27 where it was like nobody was doing that anymore Mm, you know nobody was looking at me like that anymore and so that was like a big thing in me where i kind of changed my okay yeah this is like this is real adulthood yeah yeah Yeah, for sure it is scary that's just so scary (laughs) to me (laughs) Do you guys have any other New Year's resolutions? Oh, you know, I I, I don't really do a lot of n- the resolutions. Like I think in, when I was younger, it was really New Year's was so exciting because you were you were in the moment. There was so much going on. I think as years go on, and sp- especially with persons like has a family, mm-hmm. it's that's the priority. You know, that's like it's like yeah. I hope my family's strong. I hope my family is Aww. protected. I hope my family is you know we're all taken yeah. care of in the new year. So, yeah. um, that's kind of what it, what I feel like uh, right now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, totally. 
that, that means and sometimes that makes, that when you sense. like say it or like write it down it's like almost a jinx like you just need to like <laughs> say like hey we're just, gonna, like, we're just gonna like take it step by step we're not gonna mm-hmm. like put too much pressure on ourselves we're just gonna like go with the flow and like try and make small adjustments like here and there you know yes yeah. because sometimes you write it down and then like three months you look back at what you wrote down you're like oh that's what i wrote yeah. Down. Yeah. interesting yeah, yeah. Cause I'm not doing yeah. that. That's so funny. Yeah. I've been like seeing a lot of these memes and they keep saying like January me wouldn't believe December me if December me was telling them how this year went for them. And it's kind of like that. Like, I feel like January me, if I wrote all my stuff down, then like, I don't know, August me be like, what, what was I thinking? That cannot happen. <laughs> right. That's right. Actually but- really cool to journal. It's like, and always you can look mm-hmm. back at what you were thinking during that time. I've, have that's also another resolution yeah Yeah, definitely definitely keeping mental health priority is big obviously yeah my mental health yeah big time self-care is Mm -hmm. like is huge yeah I feel like now I'm getting to the point where like I prioritize self-care so much that I'm like oh I can't do this you know brunch because I need to just take care of me and then I like stop hanging out with people yeah (laughs) it's like going back in the opposite direction you gotta keep it balanced but yeah let's let's get into like this idea of like inspiration and things that like in the new year you're always getting into different things that remind you that inspire you that give you like you know pause sometimes to like rethink things in your life um so yeah it's a good time to talk about movies that or media that really kind of impacted us and so i think maddie you, you had a really good one yeah so i really like the movie uh eighth grade which it was directed by both. So the reason why I watched it in the first place, I think, Brian, did we watch it for the first time together? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. So it's, first of all, I think the reason why we chose it is because it's directed by this comedian that I love. I'm, I, his name is Bo Burnham and he's just like so funny and he directed it. And it was so interesting that he was like directing this, like more like serious movie, even though it is funny at parts, but you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it does a really exceptional job of I mean okay so first of all when I was watching it I was literally transported back to me in elementary school feeling so awkward feeling so left out from everyone around me basically like I grew up in a really affluent area where I wasn't as affluent and so everybody else you know like they just felt like I felt like they were on such a different level than me like are they or it wasn't even that they were more mature than me but I felt like they were just they just knew all of these things that I didn't know and they were all like really good friends and I was just kind of like how did they get there and what what did they do to get there what 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 am I missing what did I not get you know Part of it, I thought maybe it's because I was an only child because I didn't have any siblings or like anybody to tell me like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what like this is how you should be in school. You know, is she an only child in the movie? I think she is. Seems like it. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. probably relate really well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like, remember, she like gets it. Okay, so she gets invited to the birthday party or something. And she's Mm -hmm. like going in and she like and it's like a pool party. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember she was like feeling self-conscious about like herself in a bathing suit. And I remember like I was, I've always been super, super tall. Like 
ridiculously tall. Um, and I was a lot taller than most people in my elementary school, including like all the boys. So any like parties or whatever, I always felt like I was like towering over one and I was like the gentle giant of the group. And I was just like, so awkward like you know and obviously everybody's like well you're tall like it's so great like you love like being tall mm-hmm. is so great but like it doesn't feel great when you're right you know experiencing that so that was just one of the movies where it was so crazy how it was like literally a Proustian flashback of me feeling like oh my god this is exactly how I felt and how did they happen to get it so perfectly of like that feeling of like exclude being excluded, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, that was that was my movie that I wanted to talk yeah. about. But yeah, yeah. that's uh, I mean, what I thought was so I mean, like you're right, he encapsulates what it means to be awkward and in what it yeah. what it feels like in, in those situations. Um what I really was amazed at, at, at as well is I mean, the even the ending, like you can make the ending um you know not happy not you know it was just it was it was authentic all the way to the end yes and that's what i really appreciated too is that it it was it was like giving dignity to the story Mm -hmm, that like at the end she really stopped and she realized that she was like she grew from it but it wasn't like i'm i'm giving you the message now this is what you're supposed to do social media you know it was like she was really trying to come as like a, a more mature person Mm-hmm. Right. And and that was also, I thought, really, really special to show, like, as somebody that, that you know, maybe you're around that age and you can see, like, it 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 is a phase. It's not forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, the movie, I remember when I first watched it, I was, like, just so in awe of how well it was made because most movies like that, especially when it's talking about a middle schooler and stuff, it can get a little too cringy and just a little too hard to watch because you're like, oh, you don't want to see someone go through that, like what you kind of went through. But I loved, like, the it just was so well done because it never really made you feel like, oh, like, ooh, that's just not a good part or, like, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, the, I guess, Bo Burnham, like, he just did a really, really good job of, like, always just, like, keeping the audience, like, feeling for the girl and, like, feeling empathy for her, but also not in a way of, like, oh you just feel bad for her and it's like secondhand embarrassment or something like that like it was just like I yeah. and I loved that's I loved that movie so much because of how like, he did yeah. that and and it just like I think when I first watched it I didn't really know or really understand mental health very much and like all of yeah. that I didn't under wait I when you're saying when you first watched it you didn't... yeah when I first watched it oh. I didn't really I don't know I didn't really have like a huge understanding of what you know mental health was kind of like and I feel like it was just still really stigmatized when I was in high school or when that movie came out that I was like, oh, I can actually relate to a lot of this stuff. And it was like the first time I could relate to something like that. And it was kind of cool mm-hmm. to see on a, like, in a movie setting yeah. because no one would be talking about it at all. Yeah. 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 I, for me, when I was watching it, I was more like me, th- like I felt so connected to that time when I, like part of me wants to say, but this is like this is like self-diagnosing myself. But part of me wants to say that like a lot of the um, I don't know, maybe like not necessarily like abandonment issues, but like exclusion, like fear of exclusion issues that I have now. Like as a twenty-two year old, like I swear dates back to 
me in elementary school and middle school mm-hmm. of like feeling excluded. Mm-hmm. And so I, and like having anxiety that other people are judging you because you know, you're different or whatever. And I feel like watching that like took me back to the time where I was actually struggling with anxiety, but I had no idea what it was or what was going on, you know? Yeah. So well well speaking on that and and I'd love to actually get to turn the tables a little bit and ask your advice because as a father of of two little girls, um I relate I re- I kind of related to the father, but not not hundred percent because my my girls were really young. Mm-hmm. But um what I related to was understanding that it's a lot of it is out of your hands. Um, it's a lot of like what she is going through that you kind of mm-hmm. like have to have respect in some way, but like also have like that. Um, I don't know. It seems like a thin line of when you can like yeah. intervene or do something. So what yeah. advice would you give to dads in those situations that are going to be? Yeah. Brianne, would you like to go? I'm trying to think I don't know I know okay when I was going like through that time specifically I I will be the first to admit I was not the nicest to my parents just because you're just like a teenage girl and you're like growing up and it's so many things are happening to your body and you have no idea what's going on you have no comprehension of it all and now I feel really bad about how I treated my parents when I was older um but they were still so like supportive just through all of it. And Mm. I think also, so like obviously support is a huge thing. Even if it seems like your daughters might hate you, they don't, they're just like going through something that they can't really understand. And also, um, Oh, I had another thing. Um, shoot, 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 shoot. Okay, lost my I lost my train of thought. So never mind. But definitely support. I mean, just like even just kind of just always like letting him kind of decide of, you know, if it's like, oh, you know, want to have dinner or something like that. Like, or I don't know, like din- dinner is like obviously a given, but just something that like they know that you're still there for them and they don't feel like scared to come to you in any way. I think that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, but it is it's a really hard I it's really hard. I was so terrible to my parents when I was growing up, like going through those teenage years, just, it's a, it's a rough time. (laughs) Puberty is hard. For my parents, I felt like my, my dad and mom always gave me such a, um, like a good time at home. Like they were always making sure I was having fun at home and they were always like, you know, trying to like spark conversation, like more than just like, Hey, how was your day? Good. Cool. You know what I mean? And, um, and I think I really like learn. I remember my dad always used to say like, which might've been a little bit of a detriment now that I'm thinking about it because I'm kind of like a people pleaser now, but I remember he always used to say like, like, just be nice. Like, like just be nice, be nice and be kind. And he was like, that's all you need to do. Cause I remember going to him one day and being like, literally what, do I do in this situation? He was like, just be the kindest person in the group. Just be nice. And I was like, okay. And I feel like I learned a lot from being home with them that I took into school Mm -hmm. that kind of helped me a lot. And so I was looking at them as kind of like, okay, this is like what I'm trying to be like 
And because I was like looking up to them in that way, I also, you know, I really like respected, I really respected them. And so if they were came to me and was like, Hey, like I've noticed, like, um, I noticed this, or I noticed a difference in your behavior. Or I noticed something going on. Like I would be honest with them, you know? And I wasn't honest with them all the time, obviously, because sometimes it's just super embarrassing. Like you don't want to tell your dad that you're feeling excluded from your friends because like that sucks. And like, you want your dad to think that you're having a great time at school, but sometimes you're really not. Mm. Um, and also I had a major fear of telling my mom about things going on at school because she would pounce immediately on whoever <laughs> was coming for me. You know what I mean? Um, I remember, okay, this is a funny story. When I was in Girl Scouts, there was this like situation with this girl in our troop. And like, I think like, I had like somehow gotten roped into the drama, even though I didn't do anything. I never did anything. I was always like scared of everyone. So I like <laughs> somehow got roped in and she called, she like, okay. So she like called me a name. I can't, it wasn't even like a bad word. It was just like lame or something. <laughs> and I was sitting at school one day and I'm like sitting at my desk and she walks up and she picks my books off of the desk and just drops them on the floor. <laughs> And I was like, and as a child, I was like, really like, hey, like, why'd you do that? You know, yeah. and then I like went home crying because I was like upset. And also because she like called me lame or whatever. And my mom went ham on her parents and like <laughs> made it a whole thing, like a whole thing. Like we all got called to the principal's office. Like it was, yeah. So after that, I pretty much never told my mom anything <laughs> 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 because I didn't want to get embarrassed, but you know. She would lay yeah. down the law. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think what you were saying, Maddie, of like your parents kind of always having that conversation with you of like just beyond like, oh, how was your day and whatever. I think yeah. when you, when parents are very open or just like they want to hear and they're like interested in hearing about your day or whatever you want to talk about. Um, I think that's also like just so nice. Even if, even if like a teenage girl might not act like she might act too cool for like a she conversation. Might, yeah, and that's the thing is she will act too cool. Like she, she will. doesn't want to tell you what's going on in her day, but she actually really does. Yes, it like means a lot to her because then it's like yeah. when when they do get older and they look back, they they think about those conversations they had with their parents, yeah. and they're you know they're happy that their parents were like wanting to hear. Because I I mean I I've known people whose parents kind of just don't really didn't really do that and now they kind of are like they kind of just feel like they missed out on having this like really close relationship with their parents because their parents weren't really just like wanting to like they weren't interested in having to listen to whatever the kid wanted to say so I think just like hmm. being there even even if they act too cool for you or you know they don't want to talk to you and they're really mean because hormones are going through their body <laughs> um it does really mean a lot in the end, like as they look back on their childhood and stuff. Yeah. So like consistency. Consistent. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure, for and that's sure. really what the father exemplified in the movie. Yeah. And that was sure. really cool to that. It was like he had flaws too, you know, but, but at the end of the day is all you can tell that there was all beaming love for his daughter. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I might, oh, well, actually we should go, we shouldn't go to your guys' movies. 
I, I'm going to switch my movie. I, I think I thought of another one. Ooh, okay. oh, now it's it? a little surprise for you guys. Um, my movie that I, and I, me and Maddie actually, me and Maddie actually watched this one together too, um, is Lady Bird. I don't know if you've yeah, seen it. Lady Bird. Yeah, Lady. So that movie for me <clears throat> was, I, well, it came out when we were graduating high school. So it was already just like very hitting close to home of that time of like graduating high school and like leaving your family for the first time and stuff. Also, she goes to New York and I was going to New York. So it was really just very similar to my life. And um, that whole movie just like talk, like just the relationships with her parents and kind of just like the anxiety of like being in your last year of high school and then like being on your own for the first time was kind of the first time I was like, oh my God, like I'm getting myself into this and I have no idea what to expect. And it's so scary and so overwhelming. But I think watching that movie, I was like, oh, she can do it. I can do it. It was kind of like yeah. validating in that way for me because it was so similar to like my life choices of like going to New York. Like she was going to New York from California. So that was definitely, that's like my movie, I would say that really helped me in my mental health. <laughs> and now it's in my like comfort movie. I watch it's it all the time because it yeah. just, it makes me feel so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Yeah. He's awesome. We love that. him. Yeah. 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 That's definitely my, it's kind of like the, the high school version of eighth grade in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. That, that movie I think is, is, uh, one of those movies again that like it captures something so authentic mm-hmm. and and um i forgot who directed it i don't know was it greta gerwig no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was great was gerwig. it yeah so i mean yeah. it, it, that she she has this way of telling when doing barbie you know mm-hmm. there, it, even though it's such a like broad topic she can make it very personal and very like yeah have it grounded yeah, yeah. it's so like so many of her movies are so relatable and if you bring up Barbie, like Barbie is probably the most unrelatable to like just a normal person's life, but she made it so relatable to anyone and like any woman and stuff like that. That's why I love her so much. She's so great. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's my movie. It's <laughs> a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, My movie. Okay. So this one came out a little while ago, but it's one of Will Smith's best movies. And it's one of those ones where it's ever on Netflix. I just kind of put it on and be able to like enjoy it at any moment is the pursuit mm-hmm. of happiness. I've never yeah. seen it. And I've always wanted to watch it. So good. Brianna. Oh I need gosh. to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's what's, what's great about the, the film and actually to, to give a little backstage story, mm-hmm. uh, everyone, uh, Brianna's first movie was silver linings playbook, which oh, I hadn't <laughs> seen. So I wasn't going to be able to say. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I, I, what I, what I really appreciate about it is that, um, the, the, the idea of this, res, of resilience, there's, there's uh, something about underdog movies, mm-hmm. um, especially underdog movies where you don't necessarily see them winning, you know, you know, they're going to win at the end because, okay, it's a Will Smith movie. He wouldn't have been in the movie unless he's going to be like right. something successful and it's Bro. based on a true story. So obviously the guy is like better, but they did it in such a way that was, you're, you're still rooting for him. You know, you're yeah. still like, oh, yeah. is it going to happen? Oh my God, there's so many things are going to, you know, and and you're almost there because you're you're there, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're still going through life and trying to figure things out, and you're and you're trying to like get get there, you know, and yeah. so I think that's what's so powerful about a um that film. 
there, there's actually two two kind of funny interesting things like like san francisco has always played a special part in my life um yeah. i actually live lived in the bay area for about a year and a half i worked like really close to where they filmed like where he was um staying for the night at the shelter i worked at like another organization that kind of did a similar thing as that same kind of shelter that area in the tenderloin district of san francisco and like I uh, also met my wife in San Francisco. She's a San Francisco native. So San Francisco is a very uh, uh, dear, dear and near to my heart. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing is when I re read an interview about uh, the movie, the director was interviewing, um, Will Smith was interviewing directors. And the director is this guy, he's from, um, I think he's from Spain or he's from Portugal. And he was talking to Will Smith about all his movies and what his vision is for Pursuit of Happiness. And and Will Smith's like, all right, great. We'll we'll be in touch if we want to work with you. And the guy said, well, before I leave, I just want to tell you one thing. Whatever you do, don't hire an American to film this movie. And he's like, why? What do you mean? He's like, because an American doesn't understand the American dream. It's only really the outside people, like uh, people mm -hmm. from outside of America that really can articulate it in a very like profound way. And I thought that's that was interesting, too. It's like, yeah, that's. Yeah. That's that's something that I don't think a lot of us appreciate. I mean, we don't have to get into the whole thing about what American Dream is and all that stuff. But at the at, fundamentally, um, that is something that does exist in the minds of you know a lot of people outside of uh, outside of America. Yeah, and, um, they really encapsulated that too. Yeah, yeah. My like freshman year of college, I actually had to write a paper about about that. I had to write a paper about people or like immigrants um, and their views of the American Dream versus americans views of the american dream and it's just very different and it's in my paper i remember talking about like little tiny things not like little tiny things but just like small things like just like drinking coke in this country is i don't know it's just different because coca-cola in other countries is different and stuff like that and they were like when you can purchase a coca-cola at a grocery store like you know that is my form of american dream and then there was like another one talking about like going to disneyland one of them was like eating at mcdonald's like it's truly like the smallest little things that people um on the outside like have this perspective about american culture and stuff and you know it like because it looks so different and i feel like americans view of american dream is like being a bajillionaire and like having a bajillion cars and like that's it but like for most people it's just like getting to do things that Americans get to do all the time, which is just like, I don't know. It's like a nice way to look at life too, of just like, you know, you, the small things really do matter. Yeah. 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 Even, even things like owning a house, mm -hmm. you know, and then having like a family, potentially some people want that. Some people don't, you know, yeah. good, you right. know, having a dog, having like, you know, mm -hmm. those, like having like your own, a bit, your own life. And again, that idea of this pursuit of happiness, that, that kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. I really want to watch that movie now. I have never seen it. And I do like love Will Smith, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Keep worth it. My wife's name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that man. Yeah. Oh. Not that Sorry, was you maybe know not I had his... to bring it up. You, you know you I just have to. to. <laughs> um, that might not be his proudest moment, but that's okay. Everyone has their moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their Guys, moment. we can never talk about Jada Pinkett on the podcast. Otherwise, we might get sued. True. <laughs> <laughs> so should we should we end it on or what we're I mean, I know we just talked about movies, but should we like say any movies we're watching or shows we're watching right now or listening to music sure. or books? Yeah. Do you guys have any? 
Mm-hmm. I just watched a movie yesterday called American Fiction, and oh. it's a very good. Oh, movie. I heard about that. Wait, yeah. who's in that? Jeffrey Wright's in it. Uh, Stern and K. Brown, mm. Tracy Ellis Ross, and yes. uh, Ray. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I Wait, saw that. I wanted to watch it. It's called American Fiction. American Fiction. Okay. It's kind of like a dark comedy. It's a. It's about a a writer who is kind of moderately famous, but everyone wants him to write a book about the black experience. And he's like, well, I'm black and I'm writing books. I'm just, that's my experience. And then they're like, yeah, but you know what I mean? You know, black experience about, you know, drugs Mm -hmm. and everything. And so he ends Mm -hmm. up writing something like that and it takes on its whole life of its own. And, and that's kind of like the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's fun. Yeah. Maddie, do you have any? um music i've been listening to recently honestly i haven't really been on my music grind lately it's rare for a lot you. of <laughs> i've been on my musical theater grind which oh. i don't even want to talk mm. about that because that's just imposing musical theater on people but so good love musical theater. you like musical theater Ed? who doesn't <laughs> I, mean, I was I joseph an amazing technicolor dream code in college yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, because some people get so mad when I talk about musical theater. So no, talk about musical theater. What musical so have you been listening to? Okay, so I've been listening to the Tick Tick Boom soundtrack oh, a lot recently, that was my which favorite. is always just mwah, so good. Um, I've also been listening to. Um, have you guys heard of Be More Chill? No. Okay, it's a really good musical. There's this song called Michael in the Bathroom. Oh my god. I cannot believe I'm even part. Okay, so listen. Okay, listen to this song. It's called Michael in the Bathroom. Be more chill mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack or whatever. Original Broadway cast. And it's about this guy named Michael who's in a bathroom who is at a party who and he's like hiding from the party outside because he's anxious. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is oh my God. <laughs> so it's exactly what we're talking about yeah it's basically he's like talking about um he like showed up at the party with his friend and then his friend ditched him and so now he has to be in the bathroom all alone and he's like i could go out there and pretend to text on my phone and i'm like oh my god i've been there like everybody's been there at a party like oh let me check my messages yeah (laughs) so true yeah. yeah. Um, One time I, so sat, I decided to sit on a couch. I was like, I'm just gonna sit on this couch, and if people yeah. sit there, we'll see. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's what the whole song is about. That's actually what the whole musical is about. Is about oh. this kid with a lot of, you know, he has a lot of anxiety issues. But anyways, um, yeah, be more chill. Okay. Right. Sorry, I've been on. No, that's awesome. I'm no, you're good. That right that's awesome. This. See, I'm glad now you talked about your musical. Yeah. Theater. Yeah. <laughs> And then a show I've been watching is called Shrinking, and it's on Apple TV. Have you guys seen it or heard of it? You Maybe. were telling me about it yesterday. Yeah. Um, it has Jason Segel in it. And it's oh, about, right. And Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. And it's about therapists. And he, he kind of like, Jason Segel kind of like going through like a midlife crisis ordeal. And so he kind of just ditches all of his ethics on being a therapist and he's like becomes a very like unmoral therapist but it kind it's like really funny and um it's like a really silly show but it's kind of it gives me like ted lasso vibes so it's really positive and happy okay. that one's more family friendly than saltburn <laughs> um so yeah and then the book that i've been reading is i've been talking about this book for so long because it's just a beast of a book but it's called a little life and that book is like basically every mental health condition in a book 
practically ever. It's so sad, but it's also so heartwarming. It's really good, but it's also just really heavy. So <laughs> that's my recommendations this time. Uh, well, if do I can guys- do, if I can do a quick plug, we're actually having yeah. the book club coming back. Really? To Nami Orange County. Oh, yes. I didn't know. It's going to start on Zoom. It's going to be on the 24th of Ju- January. Blue Blue Zones. It's called Blue Zones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yay, book club. Book club. Yeah. I've, I've so, heard about the NAMI book club, but I've never really like seen it in action. So I'm kind of excited to see Virtual book club. Yes. Nice. Well, I always like to say, everyone, if you are interested in what we're doing here at NAMI Orange County, uh, you can always go to our website at namioc.org. What we like to, what I always like to say is that we like to help families, individuals, and parents that are affected by mental illness by providing classes, mentoring programs. We have a warm line and different services that are all free to the public. Um, a lot of it is taking place in Orange County, California, but not all of our services are just uh, to people in Orange County. So check us out at namioc.org if you need some support or have questions. And uh, we'd love to, to connect with you on, on that. Yeah. And take our survey. <laughs> take our survey. They'll be linked in the show notes. Yeah. Tell us what movies have changed your outlook on mm-hmm. mental health and tell us what your New Year's resolutions are. Yeah. Oh, right. You can email us, right? At it's okay to well, for, for the It's Okay to Feel yeah. show. It's okay to feel at namioc.org. You can, that goes to our, our group and we all get the emails. So um, do you guys have an email too? Yeah, ours is anxiety sucks at namioc.org. So if you want to email us, you can email us um, and we'll happily respond back to you. <laughs> and well, if you also want to. Been... Oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say this has been a treat, Brianna. Oh, it has been a treat. It has been lovely. Um, I was going to say if you also want to connect with us, you can find us on our social media. Our Instagram is nami underscore OC. Our TikTok is nami underscore OC. Our Facebook is nami orange county. Our YouTube is nami orange county. And then you can also email us. So, yeah. Yes. Keep in touch, everyone. And you can always listen to It's Okay to Feel and Anxiety Sucks. We might do this again. I mean, this was yeah. this really well. So yeah. we this was really good. Of, I really like yeah. this one. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. And happy new year, everyone. Happy yes, new happy year. new year. Happy 2024. Right. See you later. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Anxiety Sucks. If you like this show, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps more people find the show and helps us share a message of mental wellness to people in our community. If you want to hear more of Anxiety Sucks, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Anxiety Sucks is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Anxiety Sucks is funded by the OC Healthcare Agency through the Mental Health Services Act.